Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we talk about stuff. Today, we're going to be talking about why sports matter. Yes. And this is specifically a narrative for people who don't get it. Hopefully, we will be able to articulate well why sports matter to those of you who think that sports are completely ridiculous. So if you like sports, you heard me say that and you're like, oh, great, we're talking about sports. Right. And then if you don't like sports, you almost shut it off and you said, nah, this one's I'm going to skip. Just go to right. the next one. For those of you who wanted to shut it off, just stick with us. This is for you. This is for you too. Okay. So why do sports matter? Let's just cold jump right into it. All right. I, I, I think... At its core, sports is like this primal thing in that it's 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 base straight up base tribalism is all it is. Like sure. you, you have your your city or your team, first of all, you know, aside sports aside, whatever the sport is, like they are your people. And you have this this camaraderie with other people who that's that team are their people. You know, it's like you just it's it's this familial tribal thing. That so it I think, just draws you in, I think aside from a, the event. That's a common human experience. Absolutely. Like we all have families. Absolutely. Okay? So that's your first tribe. Right. And then you might identify with your people at work. That might be a, a tribe that you have. Your school was, was a particular tribe. Um, and then you have like the weird offshoots, like Star Wars fans right. are their own tribe. Right. And people like to be identified as groups. This right. is why the Democrats have election victories. <laughs> it's because they identify people as groups and people love identifying right. as can, those groups. You can fly a flag and people yeah. can people can and rally around And they tell you flag. how your group has been harmed <laughs> and then you win an election. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a completely, that is a completely different discussion. Now we're into politics yes. and sports. Yes. And there's at least a couple listeners saying both of those things are dumb yes and they're done by people that are way overpaid right and they right. accomplish nothing right there is no meaning in sports like at the end <laughs> when the cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> cleveland cavaliers won their championship the only goal was another championship right right of course it, it just moves the bar yeah but still there is there is just something about it there's something about that feeling and and, and i will say being a Cleveland sports fan all my life. The feeling of identifying as a tribe? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. Well, just in the initial, I think, I think at its base, I think that's why it has appeal. I think, that, I think that that's why, not why it has appeal, I think that's why people get so passionate about it. It's another tribe to identify yes. with. Yes. I, I, think, I think the appeal of it is, is, is the, the same appeal that you have in, in, in you know, reading great fables or anything like that, that appeal of... Of of conquering that appeal of 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 facing adversity and and being victorious, you know. I mean, you can look back to Greek myths, to oral traditions, even further back than that. That that is the primary 
source. That is the primary goal is, is this, this idea of victory, of overcoming uh, some kind of diversity, some kind of some issue kind of, of adversity, right? And and so, having what did I say? Diversity? You said diversity. We're not <laughs> yes. overcoming. We're not over, diver- no, diversity. we're not overcoming diversity. No. Um, one of the things that some <laughs> people have said is like sports is like a peacetime thing when there's no wars to fight. There's no the, so we fight fake battles. Yeah. In in sports, I don't really buy that. I think that even when we're at war, soldiers. In, in their free time, their downtime, they're playing some sort of sport or right. some sort of game, right. so like a card game or a, or a right. baseball tournament or, you know. Well, just... and, it, and, it's, and it's essentially the, a, a, a diversion. I mean, that's yeah. absolutely what it is. It's, it's, it's got the same base appeal as, as gaming or, or, or binge-watching Netflix. You know, it's like there's just a, there's an escapism to it. It's a free time filler. Yes. Like you fill your free time with that. Yes. But. In America today, it's become something else that it hasn't been for years and years and years. Right, right. And I think you can, you can see the importance of, of sports in illustrated during World War II. If you're, if you're talking about war specifically, you know, the, the National Basketball, uh, Basketball, the National Baseball League... No, that's not what it's called. Why am I saying that? Anyway, the baseball. <laughs> I'm going to back up and I'm going to say this right. Professional, Professional baseball. baseball completely ceased to exist during the war because the majority of people who were even playing baseball had enlisted and were fighting. You know, they were, and so it just stopped. And so, what did they do? What was their solution? Because in their mind, this is America's great pastime. This is the thing. You know, it's the most American of all the sports. Yada 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 on and on. So they created a women's league. Yeah, that that existed. I think during for the duration of the war. Now, once it was over, it was over, and the 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 league resumed its play, and all all those things uh, all those things continued. But there was still an element of diversion, even in the midst of war, even in the midst of what was going on. Saying this is important, we need to have this, and of course, people wanted to make money too. But more than anything else, it was about there is a need to still be diverted from what's going on to have that escape of being able to come to the ballpark and just have this, dare I use the phrase, safe space <laughs> where, you can, where you can separate yourself from what's going on in the world and just lose yourself in uh, the joy of the game. So is part of the appeal of sports the ability to come together with other people that you normally wouldn't come together with. Oh, absolutely. So like a nation being able to come together. Absolutely. And watch, like even if I don't like either of the Super Bowl teams, the entire nation is watching. This is a national experience. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to experience whatever happens here together. Right. Whether or not we well, have a dog in and, the fight. And, and you know, the, and, and the, the Cavalier victory uh, in, in 2016 is a perfect example of that because – while they were while they were doing that, we're we're at the height of the the 2016 presidential campaigns. You know, uh, the the D, the DNC I think had already met, and the RNC was going to meet. No, they had both already met. Candidates were picked. Yeah, it was in, in a, Cleveland, and so it was like super. You know, vitriolic, hot. Like everybody has an opinion. Everybody's freaking out, and then all of a sudden, you know, here we are, playoffs. Cleveland's gonna, they come back from the three to one deficit they win and none of it matters anymore you don't see people on all of a sudden argue i mean for cleveland talk radio and 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 local new like you didn't hear anything else aside from the cleveland cavaliers had won the championship 
they were coming home. I mean, they covered everything. That's all it was for a couple of weeks after that, not to mention when the parade finally happened and all that. So it does. It has this ability for me to stop looking at you as your political views or your religious beliefs or the color of your skin, any of that stuff. All of those, those, those prejudices that we have for whatever reason completely fade away and all of a sudden we're just the name on a jersey you know we're just the number on yeah. a jersey that is who we you are you said me but i was cheering for the warriors right, so i right. was definitely the enemy right. at the time but you were cuz i used to be from philadelphia but you and were, I'm a sixers fan but you were so. barely cheering for the warriors you were you were cheering for the oh, warriors no, i but you were cheering for the Warriors I because I don't want lebron to win it but you game. were but you were cheering for the warriors because your guys weren't in the fight like it was oh, no, it's I kind not of like, adopted the Warriors. But because your guys have not been in the fight for a good long while. Yeah. That's let's, true. let's be honest. I mean, since since Allen Iverson, Iverson. Yeah, since Iverson has gone away, there has not been a whole lot to be happy about. Yes. And although that is that is changing. They're they're fielding a pretty great team if everybody can stay healthy. Trust but, the process. Yes, trust the process. <laughs> some of you won't understand that, but that's okay. Don't that's worry okay. about it. I think we may have lost some people, but I, I do <laughs> I do think that especially Ohio over that time was a good example because there's probably not a more politically divided or politic as far as amount of money being spent politically in Ohio. Yeah. We're, we've got to be like number one or number three or four. Well, and it's such a weird demographic because, you know, it's we're a it's, swing state. Well, and it, but it's majority rural, but then you do have, you know, your Cleveland, Columbus and, and Cincinnati that are big population centers. I mean, it's, it's, it's an oddity in that, um, and again, even in that there are major, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland has three major sports franchises, even though the Browns are terrible, that, that is, that is so unusual. And, and that speaks to a lot of times the importance of a city in terms of what they can draw fan base and all that. So there's just this weird spectrum in Ohio of, of varying, varying cultures, if you will, from the big city to the rural areas. So if I don't like sports, yes. why does this matter to me? That people are coming together um, from across political boundaries or mm-hmm. across other boundaries. Um, why does the actual outcome of the game matter? Why does, why does sports matter? Why does it matter that somebody de- devotes all their time to this? They pour all this money and energy. I could look at it and say, that's just stupid. That's throwing away your money. Yeah. You're paying $200 a ticket to go watch a guy that's done nothing else with his life except yeah. bounce a ball up and down right. and put it through a hoop. Well, I, I think for me, you know, it, I think the one thing that almost everybody can can agree on to some degree, I feel like the Olympics is one that people can get on board with because yeah. it's a national thing. So we're cheering for our flag. Yeah, we're cheering we're cheering for our flag and 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 the sports that are in that tend to have such a broad appeal. Almost anybody can find something that, that they like in, in, in the Olympics. And so I feel like most people understand it from that perspective, but you know, I would say again that for me, the thing I look at is first of all, just the, the ability of a human to accomplish some of the things that a professional athlete does is just absolutely amazing. I mean, when you consider what the human body is capable of and you know, you mentioned LeBron James earlier, he's kind of a freak in that he is, it's like literally God took his finger and touched this kid in the womb and said, you will be an amazing basketball player because of your physical composition. Like he is, he is just the epitome of a, of a phys- physical specimen that we probably will not ever be able to see. He's the Bo Jackson of basketball, essentially. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas you have somebody like Steph Curry, which I get annoyed with Steph Curry for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that I will... I love Steph Curry. I know you love Steph Every Curry. Every fiber of my being. Yes, we can talk about that at some point, <laughs> but that will turn into an argument, which we haven't had a good one on here, so we'll have to do that at some point. But my thing with Steph Curry is there is nothing about him. There's no reason he should be in professional sports or even an athlete. He is, he's him. a scrawny little nothing who just worked to death on his ability to shoot and can... And, and he frustrates me to death because I watch him shoot and I think to myself, you have horrible form, like that little flea Terrible flicker weirdness. Form. But then they slow it down and you see it and you're like, oh no, it's perfect. You just do it so fast that it looks awful. Yeah. And so now every once in a while, like when he's doing his half court shots, you know, he'll pull a Joakim Noah and throw a thumb in there. He's just basically throwing the ball at the hoop, but he makes it a lot. So, but he also takes the shot a lot. I would say so too with all that, yeah. that it is also an example of human perseverance and we can absolutely we can definitely draw triumph life, of the will yeah we can draw life lessons from somebody that runs a marathon yeah. and how hard they work to get there absolutely and the dedication that it takes to it and i find that people that don't like sports often one of the things that all of us can gain is the being able to follow through on a particular goal yeah like you're doing that in some area Right. If you're accomplishing anything, you're starting something and you're finishing it, you're going all the way through and hopefully winning that pinnacle achievement, whether, whether right. it's in work or in writing right. or in art or something, you're trying to accomplish something. Right. And I think sports is often the same way where the thing that I love about sports and why it matters to me is that it has finality that is not known in our culture. Hmm. In our culture, it's like yeah. there's there's not any winners. There's not any losers. We're all trying to get along and come together. And, you know, it's all about teamwork and all this stuff in sports. There's a finality. And when that clock runs out, it's over. And this is one of my beefs with soccer in particular yes. is stoppage time. Yes. It makes me furious yes. in every fiber of my being. It's the most popular sport in the world. Right. And yet when the clock runs out, it's not over. Right. And it just makes me so mad. Right. Like, I don't even mind NFL overtime. There's rules governing it and all that. I get it. Right. But it's a particular set amount of time. And when that time runs off, right. it's over. The winners get awarded. The losers go home sad. And it's one of the only places that we get to see it anymore. Right. We don't get to see it in, in business often because the little business just dies out and quiet. And you don't know about them. Right. You don't see them. You don't get to see their reaction. You don't often even get to see a couple breakup where you see the guy lose and the girl win mm -hmm. or the other way around. It doesn't right. like you don't even get to see the emotional winning and losing. But in sports, we get to see right. it's the results right. of the work right there. You get to see someone's life leading up to a moment. Right. You get to watch that moment and see if he wins or if he loses or if she wins or she loses. And when that clock is done and you look at the score, did they make it or didn't they? Right. And it's one of the few things we have left like that. Like right. back back in older times, I mean, that was everyday life. There was winners and losers and right. you knew where you were. In today's culture, you can you can go all over the map <laughs> on winning and losing of various different things all day long. Right. But there's no finality to it. Right. And I just love that. And it to me it lends to the ultimate reward of like, do I make it to heaven or or do I not? Did yeah. I do I believe in Jesus who has won the fight? I believe yeah. has won the fight. And, and at the end, the score is going to definitely be in my favor because it's his scoreboard. Right. You know? Right. And so for me, it's like, 
there is a finality coming for all of us. And that we don't get to see that moment of reckoning. Right. Very often. Right. Like we see it in court a few times, but yeah, I mean, there's TV shows dedicated to that and that kind of thing. But I think sports is the one area where you get that finality. Right. Right. Because, and I, and I would say that's true because you can even have, you know, concerts, for example, are another place where all of the, all of, the, the 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 social parameters all of the all that stuff goes out the window you are just a crowd of people together experiencing something and and a beautiful and beautiful things happen just with that whether it's whether it's a religiously based thing or not there there is a what I would say a primal religious experience of that kind of collectivism and that happens in sports but you're right it goes beyond that because there is that reality of victory and defeat and it's strange because as you're as you're saying that I'm thinking about like well that's why people like reality television based like like that's why they like the bachelor that's why they like survivor is because there's still it appeals to that element still of somebody's going home somebody's sticking around who's going to stick around who's going to go home what's going to happen how are they going to overcome and again i hate both of those things entirely i i think reality television is the bane of the existence of humanity currently one of them but but i see the appeal mirrored in that yeah so to someone who doesn't understand sports i would say there's probably some who wouldn't understand the the commitment and the passion for sports who like something like that, who they, they for some reason, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette appeals to them. And I think it's kind of pulling from that same sensibility to some degree. And what I was going back to as far as like the finality of it, even in American culture, we don't have enough finality about the end of life experience and saying mm. when we get to the end, it's over. Like we use the phrase passed away. Mm-hmm. Like it's, some sort of mild transition to another place. You know, it's not like it's over, it's done. Right. You know, and that's one of the things like when Jessica's grandfather passed away and we had to bury him in, in that tradition, we would shovel right. the dirt right over the casket yeah. as it was lowered in. We shoveled the dirt and then we walked away Yeah. when it was done. And that was over and there was a finality to it. Right. And that was very healing. Now, for right. some people, that'd be traumatic right. to go through it. But I believe that the American culture does not get the concept of, hey, this is all coming to an end and you don't know when, Yeah. but the clock is running out and we don't get that anywhere. It's just like, well, you know, we're all on a journey together and, you know, some of us pass away yeah. from time to time and, you know, and we all kind of think we're going to live forever. Right. And we epitomize being young and we want to stay young as long as possible instead of like saying, hey, I've only got so much time left. Let's make this count. You know? Right. And you, we become like the people that are Randy Mossing it in the <laughs> second quarter where it's like if Randy Moss would have played or no, nah, I don't want to pick a Randy Moss. He was phenomenal. Right. But like some of these, some of these great sports stars, if they played all four quarters right. at the max of their ability they would have accomplished so much more. But the people that take plays off and that right. kind of thing, I think that happens in American culture. Our laziness often comes from mm. the unawareness of the finality, which is sports is the last thing we have left. <laughs> <laughs> I, would say there's, I would say there's some good parallels Maybe there politics. Sure. I yeah. mean, there is winners and losers there, but <laughs> they just never go away. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm Maybe we should we should develop something in politics <laughs> where if you lose, you can never run again. Hey. <laughs> hey. 
that that yeah. Or if you go to the bushes, your family can never run again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there should be a family limit. It needs to skip a couple of generations. I can agree with you on that. Um, one of the things that I think is is that is important is is there is a there's an element of something being passed on of being part of a larger narrative with sports. Part of why I love sports cheering for your dad's team. Yeah, part of, of why I love okay. sports is because. My dad loves sports. And, Absolutely. And he was a Cleveland Indians fan, and he was a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, and, you know, a Browns fan-ish. Uh, again, because that one I didn't catch as much because in, in the 90s when they, were, when they moved to Baltimore was like when I was really starting to pay attention to sports. You're losing the non-sports people. No, 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 but I'm just saying. Okay. In, in, <laughs> in 1995, the Cleveland Browns were moved to Baltimore and became the Baltimore Ravens. In that time was when I was starting to become really interested in sports, and the Browns were not restarted in Cleveland until 1999. And so basically that whole window, I did not care. Yeah. I did not care about football because we didn't have it. Um, but my dad loved the Cleveland Indians, loved the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, and so that part of those memories are like the first basketball game I ever went to was Cleveland, uh, the Cavaliers versus the, uh, the Lakers and the, the Cavs just absolutely pummeled, uh, the Lakers, and that was back when they had Mark Price and Brad Doherty, and like they had all these guys who, like, they were making playoff runs at the time still. And so, um, one of my biggest memories of that is my grandfather. He would always wait until it was quiet to yell at the refs. So <laughs> you'd be like three plays, plays past something, and then he'd yell at the refs. And he wouldn't just do it at pro games; like he would, <laughs> he would do it at high school games. He would do it at church softball games. Like that's what that's just the way he was, and it was a little quirk of his personality. But I I will remember that forever. Going to that game yeah. with them, the experience of going to that game, the sights, the smells, who I went with. Um, so there are these there there's that that idea of like it's being passed on. You know, you, my my grandfather's love sports as well. So there's this this sense of passing the torch on, and I'm continuing something that started long before you know I was ever even a thought. Is it our culture's way of storytelling? I would absolutely say that's that's true. Yes, because in like uh, oral history cultures that pass their history down orally, right? Um, the ancient Israelites were that way. A lot of it was oral history; it was repeated, right? And that father that to son to yeah. son, yeah. And so that's our modern day storytelling. Absolutely. Do you remember when? Absolutely. You know, do you Where were when, you? What what was yeah. happening? And that's the thing for me is like I will. And, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's the heartbreak and it's the, the victory. Cause I remember watching game seven of the world series in 1997 and watching as the Cleveland Indians fell apart and had to go home without a trophy. You know, I remember watching the Niners go four yards yeah. from the Super Bowl. Yeah. And just, yeah. The gut wrenching. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, and we lost. Right, and we should have won. Right, I remember Michael Jordan's shot. Yeah, to to knock the Cleveland Cavaliers out of out of the playoffs. Like I remember these moments, and not just because I hear about them. Although you hear about these things all the time, but like I remember how it felt. I remember watching them cross home plate in in that '97 series, and, and just that sinking, sick feeling of like no, like no, we couldn't have just this didn't just happen. 
Like, and you'll tell your kids. And I will tell my kids. Like, I'm a Phillies fan. I will forever hate Joe Carter. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. But I will tell my kids yeah. where I was and what yeah. was what was going on. I, and I will hate Jim Leland forever, even though I think Jim Leland's a great guy because he was he was the coach of that team, the manager of that team at the time. And then, not only that, but he moved on to be the manager of the Detroit uh, Tigers, who constantly were beaten up on us for years in our division. So... Not only did I remember him from there, uh, from them beating us in the series, but then he moved on to a team that I had to, I had to watch him play all the time. Couldn't stand the man because they beat and the snot out of us. All of this is regardless of the particular people that play these games. Right. I still, like, people say, oh, there's so many criminals that play the game. There's a lot of criminals in politics. There's a lot yes. of criminals in business. There's, there's a, lot a lot more of, probably in those There's areas. a lot of criminals in every area and walk of life. Right. It's probably by about the same percentage. <laughs> Actually, among the demographic of like 20 to 35-year-olds, mm-hmm. NFL players are low in the crime statistics, Yeah, believe it or not. I believe they, it. They're lower than the national average. I believe it. So I... I would still say this is all regardless of the particular people playing it. We're talking about actually cheering for a jersey. Right. And then someone puts it on and we right. love them immediately. Right, absolutely. So, and, and, and I can go down the list of, of players that I couldn't stand until they played for my team. Kendrick Perkins, who, who played for, well, he's played for a bunch of people. But I, I never liked him because I just thought, oh, he's this dirty guy. He's a, and then the, the Cavaliers had him for a season. I'm like, I love this guy. When the you know, dirty guy is your changed. guy, he's It changes, awesome. yeah. yeah. Um, although there are a few that I would, I would not, like I don't want any part of Draymond Green ever. Like I, I don't want, I, I can't stand Draymond Green. I don't want him on my team. I see why I don't, people don't like yeah, him. Yeah, I don't ever, I don't, he's got a swagger that is unearned <laughs> and that is untried as of yet. But also he can't keep his mouth shut and he's constantly calling the kettle black, as it were. If you don't bring up Draymond, I won't bring up Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Remind yeah. me. Why Seahawks, am I not thinking? defensive back. Oh, yes. Well, I'm not a Seahawks fan, I so know, you can bring that up all day long. That's fine. But yeah, I feel uh, the same way about Richard Sherman. He's yeah. the kind of player where I'm like, you're amazing, and I would never want you on my team. Exactly. Like, I don't want you. So there are, again, there are those players. But um, in addition to that, though, I, I remember, I will, for, I will remember till the day I die, Cleveland winning that championship. Because it was years of that struggle. Like I had never seen Cleveland win anything at a championship level ever. Like it, it never happened in my lifetime. And do you feel like that win did something outside of sports? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because if you, if you look at Cleveland, if you look at, and again, even if you listen to, to talk radio, I listened to, to Triv a lot, WTAM 1100, love Triv. And but it was con- you were constantly hearing about oh the city is cursed the city is this the city is that and because every bad thing that happened it's like yeah because the city's cursed and and it was just this this idea that we were just always going to be losers and it transferred beyond and I say we even though I'm not a Clevelander like it it I felt that pain I felt that feeling of like that's just that's who we are we're the laughing stock of that's the our nation region, that's our yeah, state we that's are just and it and it trickled into everything. And then that happens, and the mood just completely changed. Like you don't hear that conversation anymore in in talk radio. There's there's a there's a there's an upbeat sense of what's going to happen. There's even that sense of like a positive sense of entitlement in that we can do this again. Or I think it restores hope. Yeah. In people, it's like, and I had to think about when 
Bush after 9-11 yeah. stood on a baseball field mm-hmm. throughout the first pitch. And it just brought that stability yeah. and hope, regardless of what you thought about right. the whole thing. Right. Just watching the whole scenario, you're like, yeah. Right. This this gives me reason to hope that what what, what happened yesterday might not affect the future negatively. Right. You know? Right. And again, there is that sense, you know, with, with the Cleveland deal as well. It's like there was that sense of people are going to talk about this forever. Yeah. Like they came back from three to one deficit. You know, they were, they were three games down and they did what nobody in history has ever done. And they came back and they won. And I'm sitting here and like my nephews are here. My whole family, we were all there, everybody except Kayla. Cause she was off uh, working like a responsible person. But, <laughs> but here we are, we're all here. And I'm th- sitting here thinking like my nephews, they're going to remember this forever. Like they're going to remember that they were here and this was happening. The whole family was together. You know, they're going to remember, you know, LeBron James yelling, Cleveland, this is for you, and getting, you know, falling to the ground crying over over that victory. You know, and, and so it was it was so much more about the place. And, and, and the way you see that is even in somebody like LeBron, like he's the kind of guy who he has no lack of confidence in his own abilities. I mean, he'll tell yeah. straight up, you know, I'm the best player in the world. The stats agree with him. I mean, you're, there's not a whole lot of argument to what you can say with that. However, I won't challenge you on that. Well, you can't. The stats don't lie. I mean, if you look at his overall stats, and, and he's not the best at any one thing, but he's better at almost everything than most people are. How about that? Will you give me that at least? Rings, trophies, that kind of thing, still lagging some of the but, all-time greats. But, but yes. I can, I can also make the argument that a lot of people have won rings and trophies based on factors outside of their own regardless greatness. Regardless of the but yeah, personal regardless, people. Regardless of that. But in that moment, even for him... There were, there were parts of it that were about, about him because he knew that that was something that was going to be a legacy thing for him. That Unless he was able to bring a championship to Cleveland, he was always, that was always going to be the stain on his, his legacy. Well, that was gone. I mean, in that moment, that part of it, that narrative no longer exists. Yeah. That he couldn't do it in Cleveland, you don't hear that anymore. That is completely gone. But it quickly turned to him and became about Cleveland. It became about Northeast Ohio. Yeah. It wasn't about him. It was about we did this, like we, and it wasn't just the people who were playing. It was the collective we. That's what my wife finds most stupid is that I will identify anything that happens with the San Francisco 49ers as we. Yeah. We drafted this guy. We went to the playoffs. But they do. But the thing is. You didn't do anything. Right. But the players do the same thing. I've never heard a player say, no, this isn't about us. This isn't about we, this is about me. This is about even somebody, you know, I mean, that's the thing you, I remember so much, even seeing somebody like Kobe Bryant, like they win a series and he's holding up his Lakers, you know, Jersey to the fans and the fans are just going crazy. And it is, it's that sense of, we did this together because there is a support that you get from, I mean, teams wouldn't accomplish certain things if it weren't for their fan base being in the room when it happens. Like there is definitely, and and the same is true of like a band to an audience. Like there is, there is a connection that happens that is completely unique. And there's something just otherworldly about it that I can't really describe about coming together. Yeah. And, and, and everybody feels that from the players on the court to the, to the, the people in the stands. And in that moment, in the moments of victory or the moments of defeat, it's always we. We go down together or we rise up together. And yeah. and I can't really c- completely explain why other than the whole tribalism if we're getting back to that like kind of at its base. But it's just a reality. Like you something about it. You just you, you cling to those things and they they become permanent memories for you. 
in the interest of wrapping this up yes. a little bit, I will not get to me and Nate's biggest argument that we had during this whole thing was when I told him that the Cleveland Cavaliers bought their championship <laughs> because they had by far the highest paid roster at the time. Yes. And uh, that led to a whole thing. Yes. But we won't go there. But I will also make the argument that the the Warriors have not had the need yet to buy their championship. Because they did it the right way. No, because they lucked out on a lot of their picks. And now all these guys, I guarantee you, when their contracts start coming up, trust the process. We will see, we will see what actually happens here. So, so yeah, my, we, we could get into that. And again, we need to pick something that we're actually going to go head to head on because so far we have not had that. And it is it is all that is within me right now to not respond to that. Uh, and any of you who actually know us, you know what I'm talking about here. But um, I'm poking the bear. We will, we will save that for another day. Um, we will save that for another day. So this is the things we say. We'll come back the next time to hear us talk about something that is not sports related. Yes, it will be much more general to everyone yeah. involved. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.